I watched Jaws the other night. I mean, you've seen Jaws before. Yeah, no, I've I've seen Jaws, but have I seen Jaws on a 4K HDR Blu-ray? God. (laughs) No, I'm not until now. And now I feel like I've seen Jaws. Yeah. Like, I feel like everybody else who's seen Jaws hasn't, like, seen Jaws. I saw it the last time I saw Jaws was at a drive-in movie theater. So you haven't seen Jaws? I saw it. I saw um, it. How many pixels were on the screen? There were several. I'm sure there were many missing. You know, I feel you like think probably. So? I think, uh huh. I think. Do you think it, Spielberg even conceived of 4K back in 1973 or whatever? No, that movie because was he made? he had film, and the. I mean, if you really want to see Jaws, yeah. you would go to Universal. I think that's who makes Jaws. Yeah, and you would get like the original reels, and then you would watch them. And like, yes. They probably have nearly disintegrated by now. <laughs> but, like, at the same time, do you really want to see Jaws or do you just want to see Jaws? So, you saw him in 4K. So, I, I saw him in 4K, and here's my takeaway Jaws is the best Steven Spielberg movie. And, yeah, I agree. There's a reason for that. Steven Spielberg, most of his movies, wonderful. I mean, a, a brilliant director, right? Sure. But they're a little saccharine. They're all about, like, his issues with his dad. He's finally making a movie about his family. So glad that we're getting that resolved. Um, uh, but, you know, the, you, you know the beats that you're going to feel with him. You're going to feel happy at the right points. You're going to feel sad at the other points. Uh, and you, the credits are going to roll, and you're just going to feel a general sense of euphoria. Great. Uh, yeah, sure. Love it. You described a, a lot of movies just now, but sure. Well, yeah, you, but you know, like, you, you know that you're going to get the Spielberg look of awe. You, the light is going to be, like, blaring through the windows as if, like, God himself likes to, you know, like, just hang out in your front yard. Sure. Like, it's that. What's wild about this movie is all of the talent there. Like, the composition is good. The camera work is good. The, the music, obviously, is incredible. But it, it's like him doing the anti-Spielberg. The movie... Is a is a big bummer for pretty much the entire movie, and then they blow him up. Uh, sorry, spoilers. Jaws blows up. I they, mean, I... they blow him up, and like literally, human guts. Children, their 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 newest friend, the guts are inside of it because di- no, yeah, no, they are. Yes, sharks digest very slowly. Oh, and did that's you do all, research that's, on sharks? That's a plot point in Jaws, is that yeah. the way you could tell if it was the Jaws is you'd gut <laughs> the Jaws and find, find the, you know. People, like, yeah, people. sure. Yeah, yeah, so in the green. Um, so, yeah, so it's like, it, it's it's all those things. And also, he doesn't do the schmaltzy stuff because, you know, the Jaws theme, like da 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 Yes, sure. You would think, oh, man, Spielberg, he's going to use that. He, if you have that in your hand, you're going to play it, right? He does he, play it. He doesn't. That's what's shocking. They play it a lot at the beginning, but as the movie gets more and more tense, they actually cut away the music. He goes full indie. Yeah, sure. And not Indiana Jones. He does that later. He goes full, like, indie movie director. Yeah, well, Lucas did that in Star Wars A New Hope when they shoot the rocket into the Death Star. The music cuts out right before that. And I think they do the same trick when they blow Jaws up. Right before Jaws blows up, the music cuts out. Yeah. And then you have that moment. Because you got to hear all the bodies hit the floor. Finally, we are talking about the movies that have been ignored for so long, which (laughs) is Star Wars and Jaws. When are we going to get the word out on these people? 
when? I when is Spielberg people, and George Lucas going to get their due? When people finally see them. Yeah. In 4K. My name is Russ Farshick, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Justin no. McElroy, and I and my name is Griffin, is yeah. Griffin McElroy. And oh, hey, my name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I also know the best game of the week. Oh, God. Welcome to the best. Of these, uh, it's a video game club that goes all year long, and just by listening, you're a member. We're not going to ask for dues just yet, but who knows? One we day. might do a Captain Kangaroo moment and just ask you to send checks to us. But for the right for right now... No dues needed. Free. Welcome aboard. We appreciate your time and your company. And today we are talking about a lot of different games. I will mention uh, Justin and, and uh, Griffin is the name of the other person that's on this podcast. <laughs> uh, continue to be on tour. I know uh, Griffin is moving across the country, which complicates things a bit. Uh, we've been assured they'll be back next week. Who knows? But probably. Uh, in the meantime, you're stuck with us. But thankfully, we have brought a so handful of very interesting games to talk about and games that I think you'll want to le- hear about and maybe play. So we normally bring one game and yeah. maybe it's good. Today we asked, what if we bring three games and they're all great? Yes. It, it was and, a bold and very choice. different. I'm very trying to different. think of games that could be more different than the three games we brought. Should I tell people what those are? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, today, we will be talking about Forza Horizons Hot Wheels DLC, which is great. We're going to be talking about Multiverses, the uh, Warner Brothers Smash Brothers kind of clone. I only want to call it a clone because, Fresh, I put three hours into this game just last night. Wow. And more beyond that. But, like, this is, I am into it. And we're going to talk about Exodiac, which I think... 99% of the people listening to the show have not heard of, but they're going to really, really like it because it's a, it's a Star Fox game that's actually good. Yeah. So, just a good week. That is a good week, and I'm very excited to dive into those right after this break. This episode of The Best These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos. You can do whatever you want. And it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames. And they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. 
for a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, let's dive in with the game that I've spent the most time uh, playing over the last week. Um, It was the game that really was not thrown at me at the last minute, which the other two kind of were, but that's okay because I like the other two games. But this game is the Forza Horizon 5 Hot Wheels DLC, which is quite the mouthful. And uh, folks might remember from last year, Forza Horizon 5 was a game that completely grabbed my heart in ways that very few racing games have ever done. And uh, this, I guess, DLC pack, it doesn't even feel like a pack. It feels diminishing to even call it that. This, uh, I guess, expansion uh, has reinvigorated my enthusiasm for Forza in pretty remarkable ways. Some background. Correct me if I'm wrong, Plant. They've done... Forza, the brand, has done, like, Hot Wheels uh, crossovers in the past, correct? Yes, yes. So they they did one for Forza Horizon 3. Mm-hmm. And then for Forza Horizon 4, they did Lego, where it was, like, a Lego world that you could crash through. Right. And then it's back here. I believe with each of them, they get two big expansions. Got and it. Usually one is, like, kind of like the silly one, and then the other one is the, hey, here's a lot more of the game one. I mean, I just want more silly. Here's the thing about uh, the Hot Wheels DLC. Okay, so imagine just getting dropped into, effectively, the closest comparison I can make is like something that looks like the Elden Ring map because you've got like volcanoes and dragons and ice pits and everything in like a fantasy world. And then through that, you have these like crisscrossing, loop-de-looping, you know, traditional orange-colored Hot Wheels tracks And that's where all the racing happens in this expansion. It's like completely separate from the main game. You can bring your cars that you've unlocked into this, but the experience is like a totally separate environment and feels like its own game in a lot of ways. I like that the the car racing that you're talking about sounds so dangerous, so edgy, (laughs) that you could actually hear the police coming to your house while you were describing it. Yeah, you know. (laughs) They're like, you can't do that. That's only allowed in the world of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It reminded me of, for people that played Burnout Paradise many years ago, they released this thing called Big Surf Island, which was very similar in tone. It was like, oh, here's the more grounded, you know, (laughs) grounded Burnout Paradise main map. And then Big Surf Island was like giant ramps and huge hills and all sorts of wacky cars and stuff like that. Very similar tone here. Uh, although obviously it's all branded with Hot Wheels yeah. stuff. The Burnout Paradise comparison is good because it gets at why I, I like this a lot. I did not like the original Hot Wheels DLC, and I have some of the same problems here. It looks awesome, but because by nature of it being Hot Wheels tracks, it is way more linear that than is true. the rest of Forza Horizon. It's still an open world, but it's much closer to those early open world racing games like Burnout Paradise where it's really just tracks yeah that you know you stay within but they kind of go in all sorts of different directions there are a couple tracks and a couple areas where you are actually on physical ground like you're going through a swamp or something like that but mostly it is just tracks it reminded me just because it's all like zero grab crazy twists and stuff it feels like a like a f-zero game yeah or or a mario kart which yeah 
I mean, that's been the joy of Horizon 5 in particular, is it feels like a bunch of different types of racing games all in one. Yeah. And this is just leaning more towards, I feel like, yeah, F-Zero or kart racing. Um, I do like the biomes, though, and that it does let you get in the muck. I I was worried that it'd be like, okay, there's ice and, you know, volcanoes, but really that's just decoration around your Lego track. Mm. But no, like, it, it throws you into all the the muck of the biomes pretty pretty well i felt like in in the actual races Again, yeah they, not they so also, much when you're in the open world they also integrate those um sort of surfaces on the tracks themselves so you'll hit a patch of the track mm-hmm. that's like icy or like filled with water and you'll have to sort of navigate that and it changes your driving a lot uh, overall i just like the fact that it you know, I think Forza Horizon 5 already felt pretty arcadey, but still had a pretty decent learning curve in terms of like, well, when am I breaking or how should I take this turn and stuff like that? I think a lot of this um, is much more approachable in a lot of ways. So if you felt like Forza Horizon 5 was too simmy, this feels even more arcadey and even more approachable to the point where you can really just like, for the most part, kind of jam on the accelerator and and do well. And yeah. feel like you're having a good race. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think it's just easier to be on tracks. Uh, I mean, so a thing that I love about Forza Horizon 5 is the feel of your car on all the different uh, materials. So yeah. if it's on dirt or mud or ice or going up a hill or, or any of these things. But that makes it very hard to control. Um, and yeah, you, you can get zipped all over the place, even if you're using a, the rewind button that kind of lets you replace yourself in the race. Here, I felt like that is stripped away a, a fair amount, and not in a bad way. Again, like, there's enough of it. You can still drive on ice in this, but it all feels, yeah, much more focused on just besting other players rather than besting the environment. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I agree. It, it comes down more to just like raw driving skill than it does like, oh, I didn't break in time with hitting this patch of water and now I'm like completely spinning out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It um, is funny. Uh, I would say it's funny though because the game starts like as with all Forza games, the first level or first race as it were gives you like the best possible car in the most like outrageous like cinematic experience whatever it is and it feels amazing and you're like totally in it and then the (laughs) next race after that they give you like this this very slow four-wheel drive car and you're like barely trying to like maintain enough speed to get around a loop so it is funny and I kind of wish they were like a little more willing to give you some of the cooler toys earlier on. But I did feel having like experienced the top end of it, more motivated to complete a lot of the challenges in Forza, the Hot Wheels DLC, just to like get to that stuff. Yeah, I I, I was curious if that was a course correction after just the b- vanilla version of Forza Horizon 5. Oh, where because, you felt like you just had a lot of awesome cars. Yeah, you jump. felt like you had everything you needed. And that yeah. was, I mean, that was great for someone like me who's not going to put 100 hours into it and likes it as a sandbox um but for people who are motivated by unlocking stuff i can see why that was a bit of an issue yeah um yeah i i I mean it's it's hilarious how slow the second car is it just feels i mean it it, it's and it's probably not that slow but compared to what you were just doing which is 200 miles per hour it feels yeah. really slow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One one other thing I'll say about the um the I guess open world design 
it allows for just i i just found it like stunning constantly yeah like i was like spamming the take a screenshot button throughout this game and i think that's because they have so much control over where your car is going and the verticality you know that, that gets added in these levels versus you know okay you're always going to have to be following the rules of gravity in a normal forza uh yeah it i it feels a bit like a technical achievement because I don't know how you know, get into technical stuff like this very much, but draw distances are like, how far can the video game create the world from you as a player, from the camera? Sure. Right? So like, you know, the thing with Skyrim was like, oh, you know, there's a mountain and you can actually climb that. And the mountain you're seeing is not you're going to climb. Um and the draw distance here, like how far away from the camera you see these tracks, and like they look crisp and clear. Yeah, I it's- think they are very, very good at the magic trick of like fading in distant yes. things into higher resolution. A lot of games are bad at that, where you'll see like even in Skyrim, if you look at that mountain like closely, oh, it yeah. looks like a globby mess of polygons until you get close, and then it like loads in the high res mountain. Uh, I think this they've just gotten so fucking good at doing that visual trick in Forza that, yeah, it just yeah. looks amazing. Yeah, it's probably easier moment. to do when it's just, again, an orange track is a very simple piece of yeah. geometry. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I like it. I, I like it, too. If a you, lot more to say. Do you? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I would just say, like, if you love Forza, I would say not even a hesitation uh, worth picking up. I think I had a lot, a lot of fun with this. Uh, it looks like it is not on Game Pass, uh, but y- being on G- Game Pass gets you some small discount. I, I was going to say, I feel like that's like part of the business is, you know, make all yeah. the games free and then try to get people to buy. That's the true. But yeah. Yeah, the original Forza 5 is so generous with stuff. So yeah. I kind of can't blame them. Um, let's talk about X Zodiac next, because okay. I think multiverses is going to be a longer discussion. I think it's EX Zodiac, by the way. EX? Uh, yeah. uh, you know it's what? a capital E, capital X. It's not. I see. I thought it was somebody who was really into astrology and then they quit. Ugh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> let's talk about it. Um, X Zodiac is uh, <laughs> a game that I would normally kind of scoff at. It is an indie version of Star Fox, and it is like low poly, kind of like vaporwave aesthetic. I mean, it it is Star Fox One. If you ever played Star Fox One, it is so or or sixty four. I think that's actually. I think yeah, some of the gameplay mechanics are like I think sixty four inspired but I, I aesthetically it reminds me more of the first first game mm. um to the point where it's like even the like so you've got like a wingman or someone talking to you over the radio mm. and i think the the voice that you hear is the same like fake voice that you heard in star fox which is the like like that gibberish yeah. comes through in the radio too. The art style completely Star Fox. They've even, we were just talking about draw di- distance. They even copied the draw distance of Star Fox, which is like not lo- not, not far in the distance. It's <laughs> yeah. like all foggy and you really can't see that far, which is like a gameplay mechanic. Like they dev- designed the game with that in mind, but it is kind of uncanny how similar it is to the original Star Fox. You can do a barrel roll. You yes. hold down the shoot button to like missile lock onto your different targets. Yeah, that you was have, a like, 64 um, thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's the shocking part for me is not just that like, oh, it, it does a lot of like, 
call indie buzzwords, but just them all like well. Um, I think the thing about low poly is, yeah, sure, it's low poly. In theory, it's easier to design, but to design it beautifully and for it to actually click is something that was, you know, carefully thought out over as like the original Star Fox. Yeah. That's really hard. The vaporwave aesthetic, you know, making it look like something better than a band camp, you know, art is hard. It's yeah. hard to do these things well. So it, sometimes they get overused by people who see them as kind of a shortcut to a certain aesthetic. But here, everything is just used so well. And the game is actually fun, which I didn't know was possible. I <laughs> kind of thought that Star Fox was like kind of a one and done and that trying to go back to it has just been a bad idea from the beginning. No, it's fun. It's still fun. The original games are still oh, it, fun. It, yeah, Star Fox, Star Fox 64. But beyond yeah. that, I just, I mean, even when Nintendo tried to kind of recreate that magic with the DS version, no, yeah, that just, was bad. it just did not work. And this really gets it. It, I, it, I don't even know how. I don't know what makes a good Star Fox versus a bad one. I will tell you my experience with Star Fox and the, and the levels that click versus not. And part of the reason I like the original a lot and uh, 64 a lot, but the other ones not so much. I think the best Star Fox levels are levels where you are navigating both like environmental hazards as well as fighting enemies. And I think a lot of the later Star Fox levels turn into a lot of the later games turn into a lot of like open space stuff. And also they add like third person go wherever you want kind of like tank levels that mm. don't feel very good. And at the, at the core, I think Star Fox like does that first level extremely well where you're flying through this like low poly city and like dodging falling towers and stuff like that. Yeah. And this game pulls from that and basically uses it to define its entire being. Yeah. And that's why I think it works. It's also interesting to play this game because it runs at a very, very smooth 60 frames a second. Um, and if you go back and play Star Fox, any of them really, they're all like chugging, oh, yeah. like really struggling. I mean, the fact that the first Star Fox game came out on SNES was a miracle to begin with, but it ran at like 12 frames per second, like yeah. something pretty bad if you if you bought the snes mini try star fox 2 yeah it's wild it it, it is playing a slideshow yeah and like a lot of the game a lot of those early 3d games ran that terribly and it actually makes me want more games to try that aesthetic but use modern uh technology because playing those games at 60 fps can look and feel really cool and yeah. feel like a very different thing um, which I think uh, EX Zodiac does quite well. Yeah. Did you get any of the bonus levels? Uh, probably not. I, I got okay. through like, I think three levels, but I don't think I got a bonus level. So on, I don't know if there are other ways to trigger it, but in one of the levels, I found like a disc. Okay. And then after beating the stage, it was like, oh, you know, bonus level unlocked. And it threw me into a similar low poly vaporwave version of uh, Space Harrier which we talked about, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, um, sure. And it's just like a throwaway Space Harrier level. I, well, um, it's funny because Star Fox is similar to similar. Space Harrier. Yeah. So, um, I, and I it guess. looks like there are other types of games in there. I went and watched the trailer, and that hints at a few other of these kind of like goofs. Yeah. And I'm hoping that it, this is how it always is, that the main game is 
Star Fox. Yeah. But then as fun bonuses, you get these other references rather than doing the Star Fox thing of like, now we force you to do this other thing yeah. for an extended period of time that you don't enjoy. Right. Um, if you don't enjoy this, you can just crash and you immediately go back to the main game. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. That, that'll certainly be interesting. I, um, I think that it will kind of grow based on probably uh, player feedback just because it's mm-hmm. still in early access. Um, I don't know how long they're planning on being in early access, but as far as early access games go, I was pretty impressed at uh, how clean this was. Only 10 bucks. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is a great game for 10 bucks. Yeah. Um, that was uh, that was why I first grabbed it and then tried to force you to play it. Yeah. It's like, you know, when you see something that looks this good for that low a price, it's kind of a surprise these days. And it just isn't really a genre that's been tapped a lot. Like, right. I can't think of a lot of Star Fox clones these days. So it's cool to, you know, try something a little bit different. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, should we, should we talk about some multiverses? After the break, let's do it. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details. And all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense. Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Y'all... You already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. 
That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. Okay, so Multiverses <laughs> is here. It is a, let's just boil it down. It's a Smash Brothers clone featuring Warner Brothers characters, right? Yeah, 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 that's right. I mean, it's a Smash Brothers clone, but it's much better than that sounds. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I I don't think it's a shitty Smash Brothers clone for what it's worth, but it's very clear that like more or less every mechanic that's in smash brothers there they added some stuff so we'll talk about that in a second but the core like how the combat works how the damage works how people get launched and stuff like that is directly lifted from smash brothers there's not even a doubt yes the big changes uh would be it's free to play yeah but only kind of you when i say it's free to play you can download it and there are some characters that you can play as without paying a dollar. Pretty good characters for what it's worth. Like, I think it's uh, Superman, Wonder Woman, and, and maybe Finn from Adventure Time. So, uh, like, actual brands. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone in here except for Rain Dog, and we're, we're going to talk a lot about Rain Dog, <laughs> is uh, from something that you're familiar with. Um, yeah. it, it. I was skeptical of the cast. So the roster is people like, the Tasmanian Devil, Bugs Bunny, Velma, Shaggy, you know. Tom but then, and Jerry. But then, yeah, Tom and Jerry, all uh, like classics. But then it's like uh, Batman and Harley Quinn. And uh, you know what? Also, uh, we got some characters from Steven Universe in there and Adventure Time. Uh, and also Arya Stark. Oh, and also LeBron James. Well, LeBron James, because of, because Space, of Space Jam, Jam, is now, I think, part of the... Looney Tunes the multiverse. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Rick and Morty are like coming at some point. Yeah. Um. It, it's it's a weird cast, but at the same time, it's kind of something for everybody. It is. It reminds me of you know you look at Fortnite and Fortnite took like two or three years to get to this point of like wild characters showing up all together, and here multiverses I think very smartly is launching with that level of diversity right off the jump. Yeah. And uh, the reason it works is because the characters are actually all fun as hell. Like, I laughed at the the LeBron edition when I heard about it because it just sounds awful. It sounds like such a cash grab. Like, okay, they're just going to fill this game with characters who are not that great just so they can kind of do the Fortnite model. And this game's going to have 100 characters, none of them who are that good. Uh, I was wrong. I was very wrong. Uh, LeBron plays like shut up and jam Gaiden levels of bizarreness. He his basketball is his weapon, so mm-hmm. it's like you like like chest pass to somebody to like knock them off the edge. You can like shoot like effectively a three to do this like vertical shot that's very powerful. You can dunk on people. Um, your up attack, like when somebody's over you, is LeBron throwing the chalk in the air. Um, like just very silly. Uh, but it feels great because for LeBron, he feels unique because you are using this ball and basically using the other player as a wall where you're bouncing the ball off of them over and over and trying to create these combos of like, okay, I'm going to pass it into their head, get the ball back, dunk it right on top of their head. That's going to send them up, and then I'm going to shoot a three that knocks them out of the arena. Yeah. Um, It's hilarious, and no one plays like him. Nobody else on this roster plays anything like him. 
Um, have you have you seen any of the characters like or played any of them that you thought were interesting? Uh, well, I I did I played through the tutorial as Shaggy, I guess. Yes. So I tried his range. He didn't feel super great. Um, I had some fun with Finn. Finn was like fun to bounce around with. Uh, I I the like immediate game feel, and I don't know if this is just because I'm a snob for Smash Brothers, doesn't feel quite on the level. Just in terms of like. I don't know. There's something a little mushier than I remember Smash Brothers feeling. Um, but I mean, I like like the level of silliness that they're willing to go with these characters where like Shaggy throws a hamburger or whatever he, you know, pulls out of the ground. He has a hamburger uh, special move. Um, so I like that they're willing to kind of go out there and try new stuff with them without feeling like too, you know, up their own butts in terms of seriousness. Yeah, and I like how just weird some of the way the characters play art. So Tom and Jerry is just Tom, the cat, trying to kill Jerry the mouse. And by doing this, he will inadvertently hit whoever he's fighting. So it's Yeah, like, how does that work? Because I didn't play as him. So like the, you'll, well, when you have Jerry, that, that's the other thing is you can lose Jerry. So like... You, uh, Tom swings a tennis racket at Jerry and like Jerry dodges it and it hits whoever you're aiming at. Got it. But then also you, one of the shots is you fire Jerry with a slingshot. Um, so Jerry will like hit whoever he's going at. And I believe then does a few attacks on his own. But if you fire Jerry and he goes off the edge, you just lose Jerry for a little while. Oh no, Jerry. Then that changes your attack set. It makes you, like, a fair bit weaker. You have a simpler attack set. It is funny that, like, he finally was able to kill Jerry. That's after, true. After <laughs> that, all these years. That is true. You Mission can, accomplished. He can do it. And then he's he's just left wondering what it was all for. Yeah, my immediate thought was, okay, because this is a free-to-play game. Yes. It made me wonder, like, how much do they care about the idea of, like, a tier list, right? So if you look at Smash Brothers consistently there are like let's say five or six characters that are quote at the top of the tier list because of various patches and stuff like that and because this is free to play and there are characters locked behind money effectively like real money uh whether that's a problem and whether you feel like okay right now the top of the tier list is whatever superman um is it a problem if someone spends money on superman and then two weeks later a patch comes out that nerfs Superman and he's yeah. shitty. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I do not know. And I, I think mean, that presumably will this is a problem that League has had to deal, deal with because obviously League is also free to play and has rotating playable characters um, for free. But I, yeah, I just don't know. I, it's possible that they just don't care enough to the point where people that get super serious in it will just constantly be buying those characters and people that are more casual will just like play with who they have and not really care. Yeah, it also feels like like if you pay for it right now on a yearly basis, right? Like if you just paid, I think there's like a 30 or $40 founder's kit or whatever. Okay. It gets you most of the characters unlocked, maybe all of them. I, I'm not entirely sure. But like, oh, if I saw that as, okay, once a year, I'm effectively buying a video game for it just to buy the characters. Sure. Not the costumes, not like all of the other stuff, which is where the real money gets to you uh i think it probably would equal out and that doesn't seem like a bad deal to me that said it takes usually a couple weeks for us to parse what 
is good or bad about a free to play game. You know, they they make it difficult to to tell. Yeah, for all of these, they are pretty smart about it. I just looked it up. So for forty dollars, you can get the Founders Pack Standard Edition, which includes fifteen character tokens for instant character unlocks. Um, so that's fifteen characters for forty dollars, which I guess maths out probably pretty close to like what Fortnite charges but obviously it's a different thing because Fortnite is just cosmetics um i i believe that that would get you every character that's currently on the roster i think that's maybe like one or two more and i would also say like if it they give you these character tokens arguably you could say like oh i don't really give a shit about tom and jerry uh i'm gonna save these for another you know whatever rick and morty when they get added yeah which is good. I mean, I, I like that facility. It did also seem, and I didn't dive into this either, that there's another currency of like a coin currency that uh, you can earn just by playing the game. And those can also be used to purchase certain things. I don't know if you can do it a full character I as much you as like can. cosmetics. When, when, I, when I bought characters, it showed a few different currency options. Yeah. Um, and then, yes, then you use, I think it's called like Galenium or something. Yeah. yeah the the free to play games. We well, could just say it's just, money. Yeah. You can use yeah, money. You, you, well, well, I think it's like a thing that you earn in the game. Um, but you can use that to unlock like special costumes. Yeah. So I put well, a little bit of money into this cause I wanted the roster and, uh, I, I now have a iron giant that is wearing like summer swim fest costume oh good and i was worried it's very it's very cool he's a cool guy um he has a floaty on oh good um, yeah so he's a cool guy yeah i noticed i actually went through and clicked all the alternate costumes for the characters just out of curiosity and, and there's definitely some good ones in there uh they've got like the classic um batman animated yeah. series yeah uh, is a hell of a drug <laughs> which is very good um, it actually makes me worried that we won't see a lot of these characters showing up in the game that I do play regularly, which is Fortnite, because maybe Warner will be more, uh, I guess, uh, covetous of their own characters. <laughs> have Have you heard the rumors for like the leaked roster? Uh, no. Can I Can I share some of my favorites with you? Dro- drop some Drop some knowledge uh, on us. Oh, the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah. Sure. Um. <laughs> uh. Gizmo from Gremlins. Oh, I love that. Uh, Joker from the movie Joker. Wait, wait. No, just just Joker. Just just normal. Okay, Joker. I was gonna say. <laughs> um, but alternate costume of sad Joker. <laughs> Mad Max. Oh yeah, right on. Sure. The Animaniacs. I, I assume all three of them. Uh, Scorpion. Uh, Scorpion. <laughs> Sub Zero. Uh, Ben Ten and Ted Lasso. I think Ben Ten's already. Oh no, I'm sorry. Uh, um, the star child is in it <laughs> you really just walked over ted lasso that doesn't shock you oh yeah no sorry i admit well that this is all rumor right we don't it, know it's for... rumor but the, the great thing about this game is you truly never know yeah you wouldn't that is possible it wouldn't be that far off i think this game at the very least highlights the perils of uh, monopolies and how all of these <laughs> game characters come from the same giant mega corporation well did you watch space jam 2 no, I didn't. The plot of Space Jam 2 is just this, basically. It's like LeBron James goes into the internet and then like has to play basketball in the multiverse. Yeah. And the movie's bad. Yes. But it seemed like a great premise for a video game. Was it, and, was it said like, hey, maybe one company shouldn't own all these characters? 
Uh, I think it was doing that thing that Disney likes to do where they make movies about how awful Disney is. And then they're like, don't yeah, really but, care. but we're okay because we made the movie. Sure. You know, don't you understand? Like, Toy Story is like a critique of consumerism. So we're good, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I am very curious how fickle I am if I will keep playing this. You're not going to. I know you, Chris Plant. I, I know that I will the rest of this week. Because okay, I am, sure. like, in it. It is what I am thinking about. One um, week is oh, an eternity in Chris Plant time. That, that's so. true. That's true. I, hey, I'm still making my way through y- Yakuza. He is in so uh, many levels of Inception. He's, like, on the sixth level. He's sitting on the beach. <laughs> and years are going by. That's, that's true. <laughs> um, uh, we, let's talk about the co-op here. Or, like, oh, yeah. I guess team play. Because that's, the, the I think, the big difference. Yeah. So there's a... You can play with a partner, which is not totally like smash brothers has that but what this game has is there are characters that have like support abilities so you mentioned rain Rain dog who is uh you might not recognize recognize because he was created specifically for this game uh but rain dog can um has an ability to pull people so if you get launched he can pull you back onto the level using like a tether because that's as classic rain dog fans know that's his power Um, pause rain dog is not it's not like it's raining outside it's like a reindeer but a dog yeah correct i just want to make sure that everybody's on the same page it looks like the dragon from how to train your dragon but a dog yes like a shih tzu sure like yeah it's um one of one of our coworkers um pointed out that it looks like the art design from that move that game uh gigantic do you remember that mmo no oh that (laughs) (laughs) good for them they're gonna get away with it um uh yeah i i i think it's pretty smart you can um i believe the iron giant has like a protect friends uh, yeah, mode. That's what he does. That's his default is protecting his, yeah, friends. So, yeah, so they're all they're all kind of built for it. I I can imagine whether I play a lot more of the game or a little more of the game that I will definitely watch YouTube videos that are like every assist from yeah. every character in metaverses. Yeah, um, because I am so curious how it works. It the it kind of intimidates me. That's the only problem with it, which is not a reason not to add it to the game. That's a me problem. But I I wish I could care more about it and really get into it because it looks so fun. And I know that there's no way I will ever be... I'm not good enough at Smash Brothers normal to be good at Smash Brothers where players are like using magical tethers to pull each other back on. Yeah, back. this is definitely a new level of like skill ceiling. But the good news is you could just not play co-op and never have to worry about that, right? Yeah, oh yeah. And you just play you free to play set, or free for all. Yeah, in, in your kind of like once you hit the play option, <laughs> Jesus, you, you can select uh, 1v1, uh, I, I believe it is like team v team, so TV, 2v2. Yeah. There's a two versus AI versus bots, and then there's the free-for-all mode. And whichever ones you have selected, it will pull randomly from those. Yeah. So you could say, I just want free-for-all in 1v1, and you'll be good to go. I will say, um, having the co-op versus bots, where you can kind of practice the the uh, the assist, worked for me. I, I was surprised how, how much I enjoyed that. And it felt way less, you know, way lower stakes. 
Yeah. Um, cool. I mean, it's a good game. I I think we're going to be talking about it again at the end of the year. I'm going to put that out there. Okay, that's bold statement. I guess we'll see. Are are you going to are you going to play more? Are we going to play together? I can play, yeah, I'll play with you. <laughs> Will you I'll be try. my friend? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the cool classic game. end of every episode where I desperately ask for friendship. <laughs> Somebody cares. Uh, should we ask some questions? Sure, of me, sure. <laughs> ask ask me some questions. Okay, first question is from Ragsy. What's a game you loved but is functionally no longer playable? I taken off the App Store. It ran on Flash. It has been patched out of existence. I'm assuming MMOs would be on this list too. Uh, that's a good question. There are a few iOS games that I think are no longer on the App Store. Um, I want to say it was called Hook King or something, where you just had like this um, this hook and you swang uh, swang. You were swinging off of the ceiling. Hook King. I want to say it's called Hook King. And it was just like the simple 8-bit graphics style iOS game that I just sunk a ton of time into and was totally obsessed with. And I just do not think it's on the App Store anymore. I think it just didn't get updated for newer versions of iOS. And it's just gone. And it makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I... I have that feeling about a lot of early iOS games. That yeah, this was an early iOS game. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of... That's the thing. Is these like games, they just disappear. There was uh, kind of a riff on uh, Trauma Center. Do you remember Trauma Center on the DS? Um, where you, no. you, where oh, like yes, I do. Yeah, Trauma yeah. Center, Under the Knife. And it yes, was like yes, yes. an anime medical game where you use the touchscreen to like perform surgery yeah and there was one on uh ios where you like would circle or kind of drag your finger around little viruses or or wounds uh to heal the body and it was great and was made by at the time i believe was it ng moco it was like a large ios developer and yeah, now it's just gone. I don't even yeah. think it like runs on a new iPhone, even if you like found a way to kind of hack it on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I thought of one more actually. Yeah. Sword and this is also an iOS one. Sword and Poker. There were two of these games, and it was an RPG poker game where you had like a grid and you were placing cards down and making like poker hands and then doing more damage and stuff like that. So good. I played those games over and over again, and they are just like vanished from the app store. You know why? Because Konami, I guess, owns them. Uh, and Konami uh, doesn't, uh, you know, make a ton of great games anymore. They just make a lot of gambling games. Anyway, uh, I'm not bitter. Sword <laughs> Poker was great. Um, Gaia Co. was the original uh, studio that made Sword and Poker. The only other one I have, very small, is uh, uh, Drop 7, which we've talked about on the show a couple times, Um, and it's just gone. It's just gone. Sad. Uh, Do we want to talk about the Nier thing really quick? I don't know what that means. Have you not seen The Secret Room? No, I don't know what that means. Okay, so a few people asked about this. Someone found a secret room in Near Automata that no one has found before. Okay. But it's extremely suspicious. The The person who posted it is like, hey, um, like, I'm kind of new to the internet. I don't know how to publish a video on Reddit. I mm. hope this works. 
I also happened to find a hidden room in Nier Automata that if you clip through the walls, they, they don't say this part. Modders figured out if you clip through the walls, it's not there. Yeah. Um, and uh, other modders who actually like add things to the game were like, yeah, the level of detail in this secret room that the player found, you could not add this unless you were the game's developer. Like, <laughs> you have to be one of the most brilliant mod like creators on the planet to do this. Pretty much the only way this thing got added was by the original developers and that this is a plant. Um, so and there's, is there footage of it? And there's footage of it. And it's like the person like goes to a wall and then it opens up revealing like a tiny door and they go down a giant pit and they go through these like big heavy wood doors. Um, and there's like mysterious figures in it that can't be killed. I mean, it is... Uh, somebody on our Twitter, I, I, I'm sorry that I, I I can't say who. Uh, oh, Chris Back said uh, that it has that nostalgic playground kind of rumor vibe. Uh, and that is exactly it, except you can see it. Like, there is a video of it. It's not just somebody going on Twitter and like, yeah, there's a secret door that nobody can see but me. Okay, somebody so you, posting video. Because I know that they have a new version Coming out on new, Switch. Coming on Switch. So do you think this is just like a marketing stunt to promote the new version? My hope is it's a marketing stunt to promote Nier Automata 2 and not ah. just the Switch version. It Because it feels like a lot to do for a Switch port of this game at this point. That does seem like a lot of work. Yes. And like, and draws attention to like the PC version, which I don't see how that helps. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just curious. Okay. But I, I'm excited. I would love for Nier Automata to get a sequel. Oh, really? Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I no. You I wouldn't I, care I, about this franchise no, that you've I, talked about I, a million I, times. I'd be okay with it. I feel like I've done really well this year. You have. It, this you know year? what? You know what kind of I think killed it a little bit for you is me finally playing this game and, and <laughs> it being like not my favorite game. <laughs> that, that, that's true. Do, do you um have you talked to Schreier or Maddie or Kirk about uh Suikoden? I've talked to Maddie about it and I feel really <laughs> it's it does ring a lot of bells. Although uh, let me just be fair to uh, Near Automata, I did not hate it. It just was not. Yeah, you yeah, know. no, no. You had a much better experience than our friends at Triple Click yes. who played Suikoden whichever. Two. Suikoden yeah, two. and it was hell for everyone involved except for Jason Trier who demanded everybody play it. Yeah. I, this was more like, oh, you played my game, I played your game. We both respected them, but also realized not really ours. You know, like... Yeah. I'll, I'll never be like a mega... Um, Blinding of Isaac fan. Binding of Isaac, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Grandma. Um, okay. Uh, should we call should we call it a wrap? Yeah. Uh, before we do that, I wanted to thank the following people for writing reviews for the besties. We have James Marion, Like Bart, Jay Tingle87, and Sage Camilla. Thank you for writing reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to every, everyone else for sharing and talking about the show and all sorts of great stuff. Plant, recap everything we've talked about today. Ooh, this week we talked about Forza Horizon 5, Hot Wheels Edition, Multiverses, and X Zodiac. We also talked about, uh, I don't know. We didn't do our honorable mentions. Oh, know. yeah. We, Man, I saw did. Nope. It was great. I also saw Nope, and it was great. People should go see Nope. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now we did it. We also talked about Nope. 
Uh, and we talked about a bunch of games that you can't play. So I'm not going to listen because that would just be torture. Um, uh, next week. I don't know. We don't, we don't know. I know that Xenoblade Chronicles 3 came out. I do not know if we're going to talk about it. I don't think it's I, a good I, idea. I certainly don't think we're going to talk about it next week because if we do talk about this game, I want to make sure that we actually have time to play some of it. I so, don't think it's a good idea, Chris well, Plant. Well, I, I, I think I'm, I have a feeling like Griffin's going to come back from his trip and be like, you know what? I moved across the country. I had a tour. I also played the entirety of Xenoblade Chronicles 3 <laughs> twice. And I'll be like, that's amazing. I don't know when you sleep. Yeah. Um, and then we'll learn about it from, from him. Yeah, I think that's the approach. Because uh, there's no. it would take at least 10, year, 10 hours, 10 years, for me to get into Xenoblade after having tried to get into these games. And I don't think, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm sorry, people listening at home. We mm. got to be honest with ourselves. I, mm, I, I, you know, I'm going to try it. You, you the, should the, try the, it. You the should, problem you is, should try it. I, from what I understand, the intro is like 30 hours. Yeah, and me playing 30 hours of any game, not likely. Yeah, I don't think you played 30 hours of uh, Elden Ring. <laughs> no, I did. I, 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 I definitely did. Very I, rare, I, though. Very yeah, rare. It, it is. It is not common. Um, uh, okay, that's it. We did it. We did another episode of the besties. Um, I, oh, and, and hi, I'm Justin. I was here the whole time. I've aged because I spoke with a wizard. Is that? That you, you crushed it. Thank uh, you. That's going to do it for us at the besties. Um, because shouldn't the world's best friends <laughs> pick the world's? best games Bestie